It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We appreciate so much you tuning in. You are a great blessing for us, knowing that you're there, that you care enough about learning God's Word, that you tune into this program. Search the Scriptures, many of you on a daily basis or close to it. But even if you're listening for the first time, or if you only have the opportunity to listen now and then, we appreciate every one of you. We care about you. And we are here on this program daily to try to help you learn God's Word better. And by so doing, to come closer to God and grow spiritually. And when I say we care about you, we really do. We pray for you diligently on a regular basis. We pray that this program is making a difference for good in your life. And we pray that it is leading you to the point where you're going to be closer and closer to God and ultimately be ready to make the right decision as to following him his way. Good to be here today again with Dennis Stackhouse and Dwayne Kennedy. Good to be with both of you brothers. Dwayne, good to be with you today. Thank you, brother. It's good to be with you. And it's good to be studying again with Dennis. Uh, I look forward to this time when I can make it. I'm not always able. I am not always able to do it, but in the times that I am, it's a great part of my day. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity. I know that our listeners probably feel the same way. Maybe some of you uh, look forward to this time, and that's a great thing to do every day. And we're glad that we can bring this program to you and know that you are out there appreciating aiding it as much as we appreciate you. Dennis? Thank you, Dwayne. Gary, it's certainly a great pleasure for me to be with both of you on the program this day. And I'd like to extend a welcome to those who are listening. We're certainly pleased you've tuned in to Search the Scriptures. And we know that many of you do so, as we've mentioned, on a regular basis. You do so on purpose because you've come to realize when you tune into the program, you are going to be hearing God's Word taught forthrightly and accurately. And we do that, bottom line, so that God will be glorified. Amen. And, uh, you know, we just, this is a way that we serve God. And this is uh, one of the ministries that we try to uh, pursue here at Sunny Slope. And tremendous opportunity to get on the airwaves and spread the gospel to so many people. Mm -hmm. Not just those who listen in the radio stations on which this program is aired, but also those who tap into our website, www.churchofchrist.com and pull up our programs there and listen to them as well. Yes. And of course, that's available all over the world, mm -hmm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right. What a blessing. It really is. And so the gospel can be broadcast on such a widespread basis and so continually. Mm -hmm. And in that way, we pray that we're reaching many, many, many souls. Mm -hmm. And we pray that, that that is becoming more and more fruitful in people's lives. Now, fellas, we're getting into God's Word in this particular line of study. We've been talking about some verses to live by mm -hmm. and really trying to emphasize as we look at particular principles that are brought out in different places of the Bible that if we will apply ourselves to living by these principles, boy, that'll just make our lives so much better. Yeah. And it will give us the expectation 
of eternal life with God when this life is over. Mm-hmm. Now we've looked at a number of these already. We've turned to Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23, where Moses made the statement, be sure that your sins will find you out. And we talked about how that really is true, not just was it true in Moses' day, it's true in our lives today. It is. Yes, it is. We cannot continue to live in sin and think that we're hiding it well enough that it's never going to find us out. Yes, it always will. It will. And usually it will before other people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. But certainly it will find us out on that final day of judgment as we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians two and, uh, 5 and verse 10. Mm-hmm. We also noted in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, that Joshua, at that time the leader of Israel, after Canaan had been taken, the promised land, after they had put all of the uh, rest of the people who lived in Canaan, who were not Israelites, uh, you know, under submission, they had basically conquered the land. Then Joshua called the people together, the Israelites, and said, choose this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. And he ta- called upon them to make a commitment. Make up your mind. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve idols? Right. We need to make up our minds today. Mm-hmm. Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve other things? personal pleasure, sinful practices, relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know the right answer. We do. But not everybody makes the right decision. Right. Mm-hmm. We may say the right words, but we don't always live the commitment that those words say. We need to choose this day whom we will serve. In Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, we noted that the wise man, when he was talking about life from a physical perspective, and he kept saying, hey, yeah, look at all of this, look at all of that, look at all that, you know, pleasures, money, things, you know, all kinds of practices you can get into, it's all vanity. Mm-hmm. But when he comes to the end of the book, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, he says, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is man's all. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's bottom line for our lives, isn't it? Yes. It really is. Respect God and live by his teachings. Mm-hmm. We also looked in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. And there Micah wrote that we need to walk humbly with our God. And we looked at a number of other passages that get across that same mindset and principle Mm -hmm. that if we will humble ourselves before God, then what will he do for us? He will lift us up. He will exalt us, won't he? He will Mm -hmm. exalt us. Yes. And it will be a whole lot better to be exalted by God because we're talking about ultimately forgiveness, salvation, eternal life than it will be to exalt ourselves momentarily in this life only to crash and burn in eternity. Mm -hmm. We've got to, again, be submissive to God's will. Well, let's look at another one here. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6 and look at verses 33 and 34. Dwayne, how about reading that for us? 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, it's significant that Jesus made this particular statement in this context, because he's talking about the necessities of life here. Mm -hmm. Right. Food, clothing, things that we would consider to be absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, the necessities of life, in other words, will right. be added unto you. If we went back in the context there, Jesus compares the clothes that we wear to God clothing the field with the beauties of his creation. In verse 33, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how, how uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And he was speaking in reference to how the lilies of the field, and he says, how do they grow? They don't toil, they don't spin. But even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Hmm. And so if God gives such beauty to the natural clothing that he bestows upon the grass of the field, plants, then don't you think he cares even more for you? And then look at how he ends verse 30. Oh, you of little faith. How many times, fellas, do you suppose we get caught up in the cares of this life and we think, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. We think about it a little bit probably every day, you know, as we face different things, uh, shortcomings or shortages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are we going to pay that bill? Mm-hmm. How am I going to continue to pay these gas prices? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Boy, the washing machine broke down. I've got to buy a new washing machine. Mm -hmm. Or I've got to have a repairman come in. And you know what they charge just to walk in the door, let alone whatever the parts might be in the labor. Right. Boy. But God knows what's going on. He does. And he will watch over us, particularly his people. He'll mm -hmm. care for us, take care of us. Uh, let's turn a little farther in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. Dennis, how about reading that for us? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, answer the questions, Dennis. <laughs> well, I think as we've looked at this in other programs, Gary, we've pointed out that these are really rhetorical questions. Yes. Indicating that the answer is included in asking the question itself. And when Jesus asks, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Again, I think we all know the right answer to that. We say, well, there's no profit to that whatsoever. Nope. And that was Jesus' point. Your soul is more valuable than anything you can possibly gain in the physical realm. And so you should not take or give anything in exchange for your soul. 
That was his point. Yes. Yes. You think everybody lives by that principle? No. Today? No. No, we don't, we don't think too much about our souls, or at least most people don't. Well, we're still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, we still got plenty of time. We'll take care of that somewhere down the road, you know. And how many people think, yeah, when I'm on my deathbed, yeah. I'll make a deathbed confession. <laughs> yeah. I'll get everything straight with God at that time. Now, how presumptuous is that? You know, a lot of people would say, well, I wouldn't take anything. They'd give exactly the answers that you gave, Dennis. Sure they would. And yet, without thinking about it, they've already made the deal. Mm -hmm. Because they're living a lifestyle mm -hmm. that puts something in their life ahead of their dedication and obedience to God. And that's one of those areas that it can't be hidden. If we're living a life that's not consistent with a follower of God or a follower of Christ, it's evident. Yes. It, it certainly is. And so without thinking about it, they're putting maybe their job or career ahead of serving God mm -hmm. faithfully. Maybe they're putting their family. And how tragic it is that the devil can manipulate us around to thinking that somehow this wonderful blessing of family that God has bestowed upon us should supersede our dedication and commitment to God. Hmm. When all the time we should be leading and influencing our family to serve God right. faithfully. Or maybe it's material possessions that they have accumulated or want to accumulate and they're putting those before God. We could go on and on. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, we need to get back to that basic principle. We need to seek God and his kingdom above all else. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then let God take care of all those other things. Right. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't work for him. We shouldn't pay proper attention, be diligent. But he said he'll, he'll be with us. That's right. Mm -hmm. Trust him. Mm -hmm. Seek God first in your life. And then trust God to keep his word to take care of you. Very, very important for us. Well, let's turn to another passage here. And I think this one really, again, is just so foundational for us. It should mean a lot to us and help us a great deal. That is Philippians chapter 4 verses 12 through 13. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is saying there that he knew how to face life and live life when things were going great. Mm -hmm. Yes. When he had the proverbial tiger by the tail. And then he also knew how to live life and face life when things were not going great. Mm -hmm. That's right. Maybe when we might say from a human physical perspective, life was a bummer. Yeah. That's right. What was his conclusion there, Dwayne? How could he face life even when things were so bad? 
He can do all things through Christ. Because Christ strengthens him. That's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe, though, and some of our listeners might be thinking, yeah, but that was a gospel preacher. That was the Apostle Paul. And, you know, preachers and certainly the apostles didn't live in the real world. God was watching over them and protecting them all the time. Did Paul have any problems? Sure did. You may be thinking of the passage I am here, Gary, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, if we read through a particular section in that chapter, we cannot come away with any other conclusion except to say, Paul was very acquainted with difficult situations. Well, how about reading verses 23 down through... And this, boy, talk about repetitiveness here. Mm -hmm. And one more thing, one after another here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Down through verse 28. Okay. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my concern for all the churches. That's a lot of perils. (laughs) Isn't it though? (laughs) And that's a lot of, you know, we would say adversity that he faced. Yes. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Three times he was beaten with rods, He was stoned Mm -hmm. three times. He was shipwrecked. Mm -hmm. Now, one time would be enough, very possibly, to keep me off the next ship. (laughs) Yes. He was shipwrecked three times. Mm -hmm. A night and a day, he says, I've been in the deep. Mm -hmm. I I assume that means he was floating out in the waters there after one of those shipwrecks for a night and a day. Mm -hmm. Probably. Notice he says, from the Jews, he received 39 lashes. Five times, five different times. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just about beat a person to death with 39 lashes. Yeah. Absolutely. And he had that five times inflicted upon him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes through, and he doesn't even get into specifics when he says all of these perils, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, and on and on and on. Yeah, I think Paul had something to reference when he said, I know how to be abased in Philippians 4 and verse 12. Sure does. He certainly did. Dwayne, how about reading chapter 12 here in, first, in 2 Corinthians and, and read verse uh, 7 as well. Actually, verses 7 and 8. Unless I should be exalted above measure 
by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So he prayed three times that whatever the thorn in the flesh was, this physical problem he had, would be taken from him. And what was the answer in the, in the next verse? What my, did Jesus say? My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So the answer to his prayer was no. no. <laughs> deal with it. Oh, well, no. it wasn't like that. But. Well, no, he, he, he basically said, I'll help you deal with it. Yeah. You know, the Lord said, I'll help you deal with this, but I'm not going to remove the thorn in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And Paul rejoiced that he could face life with the Lord's help in spite of this flesh. And his weakness could become an example of how the Lord could give you strength right. to others. And so he, he looked at it as a positive rather than a negative. So when Paul says, I know how to be abased, I know how to be down, he's not talking out of his hat. Not at all. He had multiple and, you know, uh, abounding Ex, you know, or, or, or abundant, rather, uh, personal experiences along that line. And yet he said, and here's the conclusion for all of us, what we need to pick up from this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. Now, Dennis, let's look at one more passage in reference to this, and that's 1 John 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There's the key again, isn't it? It sure yes. is. If we're living in Christ, then he is part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so John says, greater is he who is in you mm -hmm. than he who is in the world. Yes. And that's parallel to what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, it is. Now, that's a lesson that all of us need to learn, and not just learn intellectually, but all of us need to apply to our lives because it can be the difference in our lives Amen. when we're facing our own perils and hardships and challenges and difficulties and sorrows. Mm -hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but you've got to be in Christ. Why don't you contact us today and ask for that free Bible study We'll take care of the postage and learn how you can be in Christ and thereby be able to face all that the life might throw at you with the assurance of ultimate victory because you will be able to do all things through Christ who will be in you. We hope to hear from you today.